Today's episode of the Age of Ideas podcast is brought to you by Someday Coaching and Consulting. Someday coaches and consultants provide expertise, guidance, and inspiration to help our clients discover their purpose, build world-class brands, and develop winning marketing strategies. Visit us today at SomedayConsulting.com slash pod for a free consultation. In our last episode, we discussed the theory of creativity, part two. Welcome to episode nine of season one of the Age of Ideas podcast. Rick Rubin, discovered, not manufactured. People are so different. It's almost like you need to go through the process, discover and unlock what it is that makes that band that band. And a lot of times they don't know it. Rick Rubin, music producer. In early 2013, Kanye West asked legendary producer and Def Jam Recordings co-founder Rick Rubin to help complete his new album, Yeezus. With only days to meet West's deadline and a rough cut of 16 unfocused and unfinished tracks, the task appeared nearly impossible. West couldn't seem to create the sound he'd imagined, and his process bordered on perfectionism. Though he was certain it would come to him, he had no idea how or when. He needed something, or in this case, someone, who could reveal his vision. When Rick Rubin showed up, the album's rough cut ran nearly three and a half hours. In the studio, the two began deconstructing the tracks, unveiling the edgy and minimal and hard sound West had been searching for. The duo worked for 16 days, 15 hours a day with no time off. With just two days left, five songs still needed vocals, and two or three of them still needed lyrics. In a final flurry of remarkable creative collaboration, West and Rubin finished those songs and the album in one two-hour session. The final cut of the album featured ten songs for a total length of 40 minutes, less than 20% of the original three and a half hours of music. Rubin had broken down West's compositions to their simplest form, leaving only the essence of his ideas. And the results were epic. When Yeezus was released, it debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and eventually went to platinum. Yeezus was the most critically acclaimed album of 2013, appearing on 61 Metacritic top 10 lists and named number one on 18 of them. Critics commended its brash direction. When asked about their collaboration, Kane said, Well, I didn't reduce it. Rick Rubin reduced it. He's a reducer, not a producer. Rick Rubin Rick Rubin grew up in Lido Beach, New York, not far from JFK Airport. His father, Michael, was a shoe wholesaler, and his mother, Linda, a housewife. In 1982, during his senior year of high school, he founded Def Jam Recordings and formed a punk rock band called Hose. Using his high school's equipment, he recorded a Hose track that would eventually become Def Jam's first release. Hose played punk clubs in New York City, the Midwest, and California, but broke up as Rubin's interests shifted more toward hip-hop. In 1994, 
Ruben and DJ Jazzy J of Universal Zulu Nation co-produced Ruben's first hip-hop single, It's Yours, for rapper Tila Rock. As the song started getting played in clubs and on the radio, Ruben's music found a fan in Russell Simmons, who was making a name for himself as an artist manager and concert promoter. Ruben convinced Simmons to join him at Def Jam, and the pair was soon holed up in Ruben's New York University dorm room, sifting through demos of aspiring rappers in between Ruben's classes on philosophy and film. In late 1984, Def Jam scored its first hit with LL Cool J's song, I Need a Beat, selling over 100,000 copies. The rapper's first album, Radio, would be the first Ruben reduced and it would go platinum. Next would be the Beastie Boys, licensed to ill. It would go ten times platinum, selling over ten million copies, cementing Def Jam's reputation. Ruben literally didn't miss a beat from there. Def Jam was at the forefront of introducing hip-hop music into popular culture with the discovery of Run DMC and Public Enemy. At the same time, Ruben began exploring his own eclectic tastes. He produced an album by heavy metal band Slayer and followed that by pairing Run DMC with Aerosmith on the trailblazing track Walk This Way. In the late 80s, Ruben decided to head to Southern California. While it was the end of his involvement with Def Jam, it only led to an even bigger impact on the world of music and culture. After his relocation, Ruben produced the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Johnny Cash, the Black Crows, Jay-Z, Danzig, the Dixie Chicks, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Metallica, ACDC, Aerosmith, Weezer, Linkin Park, The Cult, Neil Diamond, Adele, System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, Lana Del Rey, Lady Gaga, Shakira, Ed Sheeran, and Eminem. Producer Dr. Dre described Ruben as hands down the dopest producer ever that anyone would ever want to be ever. Ironically, if you ask Rick Rubin what a music producer does, he will tell you, I don't know what music producers do. I can tell you what I do. So what is it that Rubin does? How has he helped artists make their best music for nearly 40 years across such disparate genres and styles? The secret seems to be rooted in self-discovery. As Natalie Maines of the Dixie Chicks put it, the legendary producer has the ability and patience to let music be discovered, not manufactured. In other words, to use our terminology, Rubin understands that magic needs to come from within. Rubin describes the process similarly. We try to go on a journey and let the artist discover who they are. And in the process, the best art comes from them. It's like getting to be their true selves and trying to take away all of the things that get in the way. This discovery process involves less doing and more listening, which Rubin says is vital to the process. As he explains it, I'll spend time with an artist and listen very carefully to what they tell me and get them to talk about their true goals, their highest, highest goals, we go back to the heart of why they started doing what they're doing in the first place. This combination of the internal, intangible, emotional journey and the practical skill of making music 
the heart work and head work, as Rubin calls it, is how he sustained his craft across genres for so many decades. He taps into something far beyond the type of music or production style and instead connects to the artist through a first principle truth that their greatest work can only come from manifesting and sharing a reflection of their true purpose. Identifying one's true purpose and using that knowledge to guide decision-making in life and work is, in fact, the first step in the Creator's Formula. Implementing the Creator's Formula As Rick Rubin's example illustrates, great work must be discovered, not manufactured. And this process of discovery is, to a great extent, a searching out of the artist's truest purpose. Likewise, individuals and organizations determined to start manifesting truly impactful work must discover their purpose. In the age of ideas, this discovery process is more critical than ever. Consider, for example, the way consumer taste has changed against the bigger backdrop of the market's evolution beyond the industrial age model. Today, customers are looking for products and services featuring what the Japanese call wabi-sabi, things and experiences that have been touched by humanity, that are imperfect, and carry a deeper level of meaning in their making. It's the difference between Heinz ketchup and the craft brand Sir Kensington's ketchup. Tastes have shifted to the latter, products that are personal, that have a story, that are crafted rather than endlessly, slickly reproduced, that are connected to purpose, not just profit. Discovery occurs when the creator looks within, and creative outputs improve as self-awareness increases. The more you understand about yourself and what is important to you, the more meaningfully you can share that with the world. But self-discovery must be combined with the other elements of the creator's formula, experienced creativity, emotional generosity, and flawless execution, in order to turn those ideas into personal fulfillment and professional achievement. Who we are to the outside world and whether we are able to manifest our purpose is the result of work done when no one is looking. Every decision we make has positive and negative implications for our future and therefore must involve a strong framework, one that guides our choices and focuses our energy. Enhancing self-understanding and transforming that awareness into fruitful decisions and actions is what part three of this book is all about. Let's get started implementing the creator's formula by doing the heart work and head work necessary to understand yourself more deeply. Do this and you're on your way to enabling your best work, output that is purpose-driven, creative, and fulfilling. Implementing the creator's formula, heart work and head work. Discovering your purpose, connecting to your inner desires and setting your North Star, integrating your life, achieving harmony between your emotional needs and your everyday existence, choosing your challenge, your best choice or best course of action based on your priorities, understanding your biases, diminishing negative inclinations or prejudices for or against people and things, building your wave, the compounding effect of combining good decisions with great execution. Cultivating appreciation, 
balancing our desire for more with the appreciation of what we have. The Age of Ideas is written and produced by Alan Phillips, with voiceover provided by David A. Wood. To hear more about Alan's ideas and people he digs, check out theageofideas.com slash pod or visit Instagram at Age of Ideas. See you next time. And never forget, life is too short not to live your truth. Thank you.